Well, hey, Jason, welcome back to Leading and Serving Podcast. Thanks, Chris. It's good to see you today. It's good to see you, too. I'm super excited today because there's a we have another great interview coming. We do. Way. We do. We've and kind of been looking forward to this guy coming on. I have. For a while. And I, I love his heart. I love who he is. Oh, man. He's yeah. just so inspiring. Yeah. Because our desire here on the podcast is to leading is serving, right? Right. That we want to fight for the highest good of those around us, those we lead, those we love, when, our circles of influence. Right. That when we fight for their highest good, we are helping one another succeed. And this guy kind of emulates that in his whole life. Oh, my goodness. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe that's why I'm so excited about him coming right. on. It's just... Um, his passion for life and his mm-hmm. and his ability to to help people want to get to that passionate point and and do what they want to do with life is just right. pours out of him. Yeah, and so and we we fortunately know him by um, our connection to Aspire here locally. Right, um, it's our chamber of commerce here, and he is uh, a solid member on there and does a lot of great things with that too. So. I'm looking forward to chat with him about that. Yeah. And right before we jump over to the inter- interview, we would love for you to jump on to leadingisserving.com because there's mm-hmm. a lot of great ways that you can support us as the podcast, mm-hmm. whether that's nominating leaders for interviews or ratings or reviews or even supporting financially to help you know, defer the costs of, of what we do here. Right. Jump on there. Let us know you're listening. Yeah. Um, Give us a review. Absolutely. Give us a heads up. So, Send us an email. Time for an interview? Sounds good. You ready? Yeah. Let's go talk to David Maurer of what we know of Aspire. Right. We're going to learn a lot more. Yep. Here we go. Well, Dave, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the time together. I am too. <laughs> I'm looking forward to diving deeper into your um, some of your history and where you're at now. Okay. So, Let's jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. Well, I tell people I'm a Buckeye by birth and a Hoosier by circumstance. I was born in Dayton, Ohio, and we moved here when I was young uh, from Cincinnati and into Indianapolis area toward the end of a middle part of the 60s, right when Greenwood Park was actually there, breaking ground on Greenwood Park. So I've seen a major transformation on the south side of a Indianapolis, Johnson County since those days when we first arrived on the scene. Right. So, yeah. That, yeah, you have seen a lot. Unfortunately, so much that you wouldn't even recognize our communities today that once Compared existed. Compared to them. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's been good. It's been great. So, so did you, and you moved your family here at that point? Actually, my I was still living at home because I was such a young uh, okay. young, youngster and all that. And then we we grew up in a typical American home. Mm-hmm. And I started home and started a neighborhood and such. But as we moved forward, we continued to grow and and we kind of found ourselves, if I may you know, say, we became the typical family that started going to church and getting involved in the community and our local church on the south side of Indianapolis as well. So things just happened and organically our family grew in many, many ways. And uh, yeah. so finally, next thing you know, I'm of age and of a yeah. Voting and, and getting ready to go to college. So, yep. yes. Where'd you do college? <laughs> uh, actually, that's an interesting story. I really wanted to go to West Point okay. and mm-hmm. such, but, you know, I was a first, basically a first generation college student. Okay. And those doors closed on me. So my father uh, said, well, we got to get you in school. Once he realized that I wasn't going to be heading up to New York for uh, for the upcoming fall. Right. And so we actually, my dad drove down and and approach the people at Franklin College and say, can you take my son, the, the admissions uh, folk? And, uh, and so next thing you know, I'm going to be uh, 
doing my first college visit during the during the enrollment uh the morning uh, that weekend of Labor Day weekend in 1980. Wow. So, so yes. What did you stay for the four years or I did. Okay. Yeah, my dream and my goal was to be a p- airline pilot ultimately. Really. And so my the pathway to get into that was would be to get your uh, college degree and then maybe go fly in the military and mm-hmm. uh, and such. So uh that all played out but I never got in the military and being a young hungry college graduate I started into the insurance world. Really? So, yes. And so did did anything take you to the insurance world or is that just circumstances were right and you walked in and Well, in many eyes circumstances are what they are. I looked at it as God's hand guiding me and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. actually uh, graduated in 84 and okay. uh, I went to work for a company called Banker's Life and I actually connected with the right company at the right time with the right product. And mm-hmm. in that world uh I mean like was young green, uh, young green uh, horn kind of kid, and and all that. But I had an opportunity, and I really, with the blessings of God and the hand of God, I really thrived in what I did, mm-hmm. and I basically had a career there for almost thirty years. So, wow! Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's yeah. Cool. So you've probably seen a couple things in the insurance world. I mean, it's probably changed a lot in thirty years. A lot of change. A lot did change, and and still changing this day. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm no longer in it, my license is is a distant memory. But mm-hmm. yeah. You know, the major thing happened there was this was the day of caller ID and, and no call. I mean, people were on no call mm-hmm. list. So that yeah. really impacted a lot with the industry. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, it's really, uh, there's some pros and cons with any new regulation, but right. it really worked out for me. I was able to have my season and uh, in 19, I mean, correction, 2012, uh, my door shut there in the insurance industry as with many others within the company. And I moved on and. Mm-hmm. And uh, at age 50, and I've been blessed ever since. That's awesome. Or I was always blessed, but, you know, it's right. just <laughs> a different type of blessing and different type of yeah. opportunities came about. Yeah. So right. transition there, I mean, were you in management or were you just selling insurance there at the time when yeah. you were doing that? Or how did that work for you? The doors of management were there, <laughs> but I learned quickly that management, well, a great opportunity and such. I just did not want to get into that management paper shuffling and overseeing other individuals. Really? And so That's I really good. just said, I'm going to, I want to control my destiny to the best that I can. And mm-hmm. so I stayed mm-hmm. in the world of uh, salesmanship, if you will. And, uh, okay. and uh, the rest is history. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I'm curious how, how you go from fighter pilot in the military to insurance. Well, what, what, what woke you up in that industry of going, hey, this, what, what kind of fueled you through those years? Well, basically I'll, I'll just say hunger. Uh, okay. You know, I wanted to be an air, uh, ultimately an airline pilot, but then mm-hmm. the, the military was the, was the conduit to allow me to build the hours without paying for the hours. Right. Mm-hmm. But those okay. doors really did not open. I had some, I'll say minor health issues. Uh, I did mm-hmm. not have 20, 20 vision. And I had a a slight elevated high blood pressure. So I could see, you know, read the tea leaves and realize Mm -hmm. there was not going to be a future for me in the military. And there was still a glut of pilots coming Mm -hmm. out of Vietnam. And the industry was much different back in 1984 than it is now. Right. That's true. Now they're trying to just recruit pilots right and left. But it was a pretty competitive world. Mm -hmm. So, again, being hungry, insurance door opened up and. It was really the best career for me at the time. And even looking back, still the best career for me. So, yeah. That is, that's cool. 
Yeah. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, you still have a passion for aviation. Oh, in a big way. Yeah. yeah. My wife and I are both uh, uh, pilots. We have our instrument ratings and mm -hmm. such, and but we haven't flown now for years. Because, you know, you get to the point where you either fly or you raise children. And we just decided to raise children. Right. <laughs> and such. And it was for the good. I mean, and, but we, I still have a passion. My, you know, my sister-in-law is a pilot. My father-in-law flew for U.S. Air. Mm. It was a captain. So we have this long aviation history within our family. But so the passion mm -hmm. is still there. It just has a little different paradigm. To, so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to fly any plane out there, what, what, would be your dream flight if you had the chance to control it? Boy, that's a great question. I would dare say growing up in my, mm -hmm. in the days of my youth, when I knew what kind of what was going on, I dare say the F-14 Tomcat, mm. Navy Tomcat, the famous yeah. Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, going to say. Yeah, that, would, that just had so much romance to it and so yeah. much power and, and, and such, you know, taking off a carrier. But again, it's just... Uh, but that would be my dream aircraft if I had to pick off of one. An, off of a carrier? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you might as well put a little spice on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're going to be flying inside. So, yes. That's so, incredible. So, 2012, did a shift. Yeah. Then what did you decide to do at that point? Well, I was blessed, uh, given a variety of factors. Uh, I Once I got the letter of termination, my company had every right to do what they did, and they were doing it mm -hmm. to a few other veteran agents for a mm -hmm. variety of reasons. But as a result of that, I called my financial broker and he said, you know, kind of retire and, and then come back and do what you really want to do, the passion of your life, mm -hmm. what, you, what you really feel that God has put you, in, 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 you know, yeah. here for. And he didn't quite use the spiritual dimension as I just applied, mm -hmm. but I thought, right. you know, this is an opportunity to be able to make a difference in the remaining days that I have on this earth. That's awesome. So. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you take a break and try to assess what that looked like at that point? Because, I mean, this is, yep. for many people, if they'd have hit this road, mm -hmm. I mean, it would have been uh, maybe even more upsetting for some, less upsetting for others. But I don't think what I love about your story is the fact that it's like you realized so many things about yourself. You realized right. in the midst that you wanted to be in control of your own destiny, so you stayed in sales. Then when you got done with that, yep. you also realized that, you know, hey, we're yep. going to figure out what my gifts are and what I yep. need to focus on. Yeah. And so did you take some time to focus on that? And Actually, I had a friend at the moment, uh, at the time, I, he needed some help with some marketing. So I helped him mm -hmm. and actually that lasted about a year or so. And I was actually doing some mission trips and I was in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, getting ready to come back home from going to uh, Burma and then mm -hmm. and such. So a friend of mine emailed me and said, you just got to check out this job at Franklin College. This is you. Hmm. So I went, I applied awesome. for it. And next thing I know, I got the job. And, and so I was the Franklin <laughs> Fund uh, uh, officer. So I uh, actually was able to help bring forth an element of, of money, raising money, if mm -hmm. you will, for this, for Franklin College. Because Franklin College has a very high percentage of uh, first generations freshmen. So these Young people, these young families are really not aware of how to navigate the financial right. aid to that degree. And so all the money's raised for the, for the Franklin Fund went toward helping scholarships for these oh, kids. Wow. And then it hit me. And this is one of the major things that maybe is the focus of why I continued to develop in the world that I did or I have is the fact of the matter is that I realized, and I shared this with my potential donors, that when you give a gift and I'll just hypothetically say a $1,000 gift for the Franklin Fund, 
you're not only helping a student, but you're helping the generations to come mm. because it just can create, and not that college is the you know, end all of everything, right. but right. it just helped. And so, you know, I can say that in my own life, my, and the rest of my family's life that, you know, having that opportunity, our kids, our nieces and nephews are also then reaping that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so it changes generations and that That's just awesome. really, when you look at life in that way and what we do and how we do it, it really gives you a little bit more of a purpose and definement on how to pursue whatever your calling is. Hmm. So you found probably some of your strengths in that process. And it was awesome that a friend introduced you to that job. Yep. What did you see about that job that you really excited you that, it, I mean, was it to you to a T or was there just, you just found that you really enjoyed that? Process? Great question. And uh, I will say working in mm -hmm. the world of development versus the world of insurance, two different worlds, mm -hmm. but yet mm -hmm. not really too many different worlds mm -hmm. because in both insurance and in the world of development, Quite often, I looked at myself not as a fundraiser, not as an insurance agent, but rather an educator. Yeah. Because when you go in and you sit down at a table with someone to help them educate, whether it be what kind of insurance needs they have and how to address those needs, or a donor. Because a lot of mm -hmm. individuals in the, in the not-for-profit world, they give money not really realizing why they give it. Mm -hmm. So if right. you can give with intention, trying to help not only for the moment to possibly your own legacy, it really creates a lot of great conversation. Hmm. Oh, and wow. so I took that full advantage. So there was a lot of cross-pollination between insurance sales and, and the development world and raising money. That's interesting. So you probably had a lot of neat conversations, didn't you? Really? Yes. We really, I bet I you did. met some really neat people through that process. In, in a big way, yes. And I, you know, you hear many stories, especially in the insurance world, uh, again, men and women that served in the war, mm -hmm. you know, I actually had one client, he had a, you know, being a young, uh, young guy, I never really realized, but this one client, she had a tattoo on her hand and it's not your typical tattoo you see today. It was a number. Well, mm -hmm. she was at Auschwitz. Oh, and, my yeah, so, you know, so she ended up here in Greenwood, you know, so you got to hear that story. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So, and then with the Franklin college world at my first real step into working in development, you know, you hear a lot of individual stories of hmm. little mistakes that were made uh -huh. during Vietnam War with some of our, of our graduates. That one gentleman, he was, a, I think, a, a, a PE graduate from Franklin College, but he ended up, they put him down as a physical, instead of phys ed, they put him down as physical therapy. And they sent hmm. him down to Austin, I mean, down to San Antonio, and he was working in a hospital, a burn unit, doing physical therapy. Oh, wow. So he knew enough about, I mean, so... Just these neat little twists of fate that really right. changed that individual's life. So yeah, right. yeah, that's a that's a big difference. It yeah, really it is. is. <laughs> but he but he was able to do it and and do right. it well. So right. yeah, that's right. awesome. That's so, yeah. awesome that he was able to excel through that process. Exactly. But it it was a vivid reminder to see that we all have a place in life, and sometimes what we would look at blind luck or circumstances or just an opportunity really is more of our path of life and the direction we're going to go down without even knowing it at the moment. So I got to, hmm. I got to ask you a personal question. Please. I, yeah, I know you have kids as well. Yes. And so in all your understanding of life, have you been able to empower your kids through this process of helping them understand more yeah. so of themselves as well? In a big way. And uh, I'm going to say this in kind of a little bit of a proud way. Uh, 
we're a big Purdue family. At mm-hmm. least we're proud, to, you know, right. in this uh, with basketball. Being I was going to say they're doing yeah. really. Yeah. So we have about 20 Purdue family members in our, and both of our kids and their spouses are Purdue. My wife is a Purdue grad. But it really allowed me to look at life in a, in, in, through the prism of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were blessed because of my engagement in missions and various mm-hmm. other organizations. We did quite a bit of traveling mm-hmm. internationally, and our kids went on many of those trips. So our kids got to see a worldview that many children have not had the, the, right. the opportunity. And so when, you're, when you and our, my wife and the two kids are going on a trip and we're in India, you learn a lot about life and mm-hmm. you realize what we have here in America and what the, actually they have in India. Mm-hmm. And that's not all bad. There are some great things internationally right. in the different cultures that right. we need to learn from. So yes, right. our kids developed a, a, a worldview that really has served them well in life. Mm-hmm. So That's yes. awesome. Yeah. That's... So talking about those twists and turns, the opportunities that you maybe didn't see coming down the road, yeah. how would you say coach one of your kids or another young person in helping them identify those opportunities? Because it's something that we're not necessarily looking for. It's not something we're trying to identify, but all of a sudden, here's an open door. Do I walk through it or not? How would you, what would you say to somebody like that, trying to make that decision? Just having a perspective and and an awareness of what can and potentially can happen, number one. Second thing is always be ready. Mm. I mean, a lot of individuals, even adults sit back and they, 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 slumber and they, you know, look at life and they go through it one day at a time, realizing that what is coming to their feet is, is a gift. Mm. And so that's, that's good. Yeah. So I'm curious as we are looking at these opportunities, right. And kind of what I'm hearing in your story is not being so tied to your plan because, right. you know, if your plan is becoming a pilot, well, that's not, oh, here's insurance. Here's a side door. And then all of a sudden the door of insurance closes and now you're in development at Franklin right. college, mm-hmm. you know, right. that we've got to be willing to kind of lay our plan down. Is we that... have to. Yeah. And you have to be nimble. Mm-hmm. And you also want to have the skill sets that if something does change that you could easily shift right. into another career, into another industry. And a lot of people put more thought into a vacation than they do their life. This is true. I had a so. good thought. I hadn't thought about <laughs> yeah. that. That's so true. And you got to realize, I always kind of looked at my life, and I taught this to our kids. My wife has done the same with mm-hmm. our children. That you not you need to know where you're starting from, mm-hmm. and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go down a general path, that that's the first step that needs to happen. Second step, and I'm going to probably quote Socrates, but I'm sure others have said this. But in a young career. Or in a person's life, there are three stages in a career. The first stage is getting getting in there maybe the first 10 years and learning what what to do and how to form yourself. Right. The second element is where the, I'd call it the world of abundance, where you're really learning how to, you know, get into your groove. You start climbing the corporate ladder mm-hmm. and, you know, put away money and your blessings financially if you have that, whatever. But then that last third of the career is what you'll be remembered for. Mm-hmm. So how do you leave your legacy? And not so much for your own self, even though that's, you know, great and sure. all, but how do you leave that legacy for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. How do you come in and you craft that to be able to, you know, say, okay, he or she did this and this and, you know, for the glory of God, if you will, mm-hmm. not to over-spiritualize things. But I think that is something that really needs to drive us more than our own selfish ambitions. Right. That's good. That's cool. 
So, yeah. So I have to admit, I didn't know Dave Maurer as insurance. Yeah. And I didn't know Dave Maurer as Franklin College. Yeah. I know you as Dave from Aspire. Yes. Tell us about that journey. How did you get into that? Well, the door opened there over almost two years now, starting okay. at, with Aspire. They coming out of the pandemic with the uh, with the world of Chamber of Commerce and and the Aspire merger that took place. Mm-hmm. There was an opportunity for they needed someone to come in and help market for them and help you know, if you will, sell their product to the businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was more than just a if you will, sales job, but realizing that when you're coming into this world of, of, of talking about chamber, because I work more on the chamber side of things, that really what I'm, again, educating, making people aware of a resource that they have in our county. So mm-hmm. Aspire is that resource for our business owners and entrepreneurs, not-for-profits, and even individuals that are wanting to be connected in the community. Right. So when you're doing that where there is, a, if you will, a... Uh, mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. It really helps all parties to be able to come in and work together for the good of all while still helping the individual business owner and the individual business. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So what, do, what would you say the best part about the, I mean, the biggest, the best um, positive thing about Aspire is for the, for the business owners out there that might be listening? It's just a great resource because you have a chance of being connected in the community. Mm-hmm. If you need help, you have avenues to pursue. You know, if a business owner needs help with HR or technology or social media, they can turn to us. We provide a, provide a lot of other support elements. Mm. And then just the practical side of being able to network, to be known. Mm. I mean, there are so many businesses out there that no one really knows about mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. no one knows they even exist. And one classic example was uh, a, an organization that they herded goats that took goats out to mow grass for these large properties that people couldn't get to. That's a, that's a business? It is. Goats on the go. Really? Yeah. So they, <laughs> never even they, heard of it. they joined a little over a year ago and such. But yeah, I mean, to come in. And so those are the kind of nuances of unknowns. That they want to come and she came and right. they, they joined for a window of time. But, you know, those are the kind of things to be better known and to realize there are so many other micro businesses out there that people don't even yeah. know exist. Yeah, that's awesome. And I just want to say you need to wipe that. You, you don't need to start a goat business. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't need don't, a goat business. Yeah, that's not I, for you. I need saying. them to <laughs> mow my grass, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm sure, though, your property, you know, they do a lot of focus on on on, or, on hills and yeah. such where you just safely cannot brilliant. get a mower. So, yeah. yeah which is brilliant. great. They'll come in and clear off a major, vast area of, of, of land in, in just a matter of a day or so. Right. Wow. And one yeah. of the one of the big connecting events for Aspire is the Coffee Connections. Exactly happens once a month, and that seems like it has grown tremendously yes. in the last what six months to a year or so. Uh, started about a year ago. Again, coming out of COVID, a lot of it mm-hmm. was a little bit more of a ramp up time. But starting about last summer, we started seeing a major spike in our attendance. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and the last one I, I went to, I mean, there was a lot of people there. That was we, a big attendance. We had 140 plus. We kind of oh lost, goodness. yeah, at, at our table. So, yeah. Yeah, that was huge. Yes. And I, I think, didn't expect that many people there, but when there was a lot of people that showed up. Exactly. And the one we're having tomorrow, I think we're up to about 120. And oh, we wow. still have another day of registration today. Oh so, yes. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, I think I have to register for that. Do you? Okay. We'll, so. we'll, well jump on that. If you need help, let me know. I yeah. can do that for you. <laughs> Both of you. So, I'm curious. 
if that is, I mean, that is kind of the premier connecting event. And yeah. you talk about the benefit of joining Aspire for networking. What is maybe the most underutilized networking and connection opportunity through Aspire? Well, actually, just the overall benefits that our members have. They have so many benefits they can utilize, but busyness takes over oh, yeah. and priorities take over and they're not able to uh, to uh, actually attend the meetings and all that they really want to attend, or at least they thought they were going to attend starting up. But uh, the second one that I think is is really underutilized are, are our workshops. Mm, okay. You know, to where we're doing our HR roundtables <laughs> and such. How often are the the workshops? Depends. They usually about maybe every quarter or so. Okay. We kind of vary our events. So yeah. Okay. That is cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. That is that something that they just started, or has that been around? I think it's been around, but it's taken on a different focus and a little bit more of a priority. Oh, cool. Okay. And then you guys have a big event coming up here next month, right? With Celebrate Aspire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's our kind of our state of the organization uh, luncheon. Okay. You know, we're expecting about 320 or so members of our oh, wow. coming. And mm -hmm. it's just giving you and our members an update on what's going on, what we're, what we've done, where we are now, and what our future looks to have with or looks to be, you know, helping our businesses as Johnson County is growing. Mm -hmm. And our organization's growing, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's perfect. That yeah. is really cool. I didn't know about all that. Mm -hmm. So I'm wanting to go back to your story now. Okay, please. Tell me about maybe the, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of points in your journey where that side door opportunity right. has come up. Yeah. Um, but what do you think has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome in your in your life to just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plow through this. I'm going to work right through it. I'm going to thrive and I'm going to get past it. Well, I want to keep this on an upbeat uh, topic, well, yeah. but I think the, uh, the, the reality we all face, you know, I'm 61 now and I think the element of mortality, mm -hmm. you know, our days are all numbered mm -hmm. Yeah, and just saying, okay, this is a, this is going to be a challenge for all of us, mm -hmm. but how do you make those remaining years count? Mm, right, and I think you and I even had an offsite uh, conversation once. Yeah, about you know, if I knew I had five years to live, what would I do today? Mm. Now mm. I hope I have more than five years. Yeah, but, right. But just looking at the remaining days that we have, how do you make them count? You mm -hmm. know, one thing I did learn a long time ago, and maybe to take a a phrase out of a parenting, you know, they say the days are long but the years are short. Mm -hmm. But how many people? got it out of school or whatever. And, you know, they do this or they do that and they, and they get by mm -hmm. maybe in a world where they're not in their giftedness. Mm -hmm. The next thing they know, they wake up, they're 50, 55 years old. And yeah. they said, you know, what do I need to do to make my life count? Now they've done a lot of great mm -hmm. things, parenting or serve God, but you know, just that reality that we are, we are blessed to have the gift of time mm -hmm. and the gift of life. Mm. Yeah. That's good. So, so what does leaving a legacy look like for you? For me is basically leaving a legacy is such that, well, I want to look, you know, first of all, the eternal element, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's very yeah. key. But looking back on it to know that one, I made a difference mm -hmm. and I really made a difference for those people that will cry at my funeral mm. because, you know, our family, our dear friends, and how can you impact those? How can you pass on memories, wealth? and other mm -hmm. elements that will help those individuals that when I'm gone, my wife is gone, that they can carry on. And sometimes the legacy is maybe more unspoken. 
right. hope the legacy that we leave for our kids and our daughter-in-law and son-in-law is such that they are able to be good parents. Uh-huh. Yeah. If they've learned by the model for the good or the bad that we've done, <laughs> and they can improve on my ad. So it's sometimes those unspoken legacies yeah. and investment in other people. And I think that's probably more of mm. a defined uh, nail, if you will, on that, on that uh, question. Right. That's good. Right. So what does it feel like when you realize, okay, I've had that impact on somebody and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the, the potential lasting effects on that. What does that do for you? Oh, it just, it, it encourages more than anything. Okay. And to know that the investment is going to have a rate of return, maybe not just financially, but in their life as well. So <laughs> being able to, to, to do that and to know that the other person is also listening. They may not take my advice or, or your advice, but at least they're out seeking answers and trying to find what they need so they can navigate accordingly. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. So what is the, maybe the best piece of advice that someone ever gave you? Life by a yard, it's hard. By an inch, it's a cinch. When you look mm. at life, you can almost be overwhelmed mm. by the the magnitude of what is before you. But if you break it down and look at it from the standpoint, yeah, on the, on the whole, it is big, but if you tackle it a little bit at a time, it's not as intimidating. Hmm. That's good. I've yeah, never we, heard we that to, before. Yes, I learned that in 1984. Really? Yeah. Who, yeah. Sh- who shared that with you? It was an insurance agent at a, uh, at, at a, uh, a, a training session, an old school old blue line type of insurance company. Mm-hmm. And he hmm. shared that and it is stuck in my mind. That's awesome. You know, wow. you, and I, the classic example, you look at a, a 30 year mortgage, 30 years is a long time. Right. It is. And such, and you, when you look at paying interest and the principal, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that's a overwhelming. But if you look at it and break it down a little at a time, yeah, yeah, it's not as intimidating. But we've certainly had that moment you know, you, the idea of a mortgage, 30 years, yeah. we've had that moment where we got the the year-end result or whatever, and we look at it and go, oh, look how far we've come. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if you just start, you know, just inch by inch by inch by inch, all of a sudden yeah. you're like, oh, my goodness, I've exactly. made so much ground. And that is true with, with a profession, whether you're in the trade mm-hmm. or, you know, to the extreme of even a medical doctor, and you know that all firsthand, you know, when you look at being in school all those years or investing or whatever to, to advance in a career to where, you know, it, it can be intimidating, but you realize it's just not as intimidating as you think. Mm, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So that's real good. So what would you give to all the young entrepreneurs, the guys and gals out there who are either starting out in their careers or maybe they're, you know, hitting that second stage of the journey that you mentioned of, you know, really kind of living into their strengths. What would, what kind of encouragement or, um, advice would you give to those? To identify where you've been, where you are now, and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And that mm. is key because a lot of people fail to realize you know, where they have started and where they are, and then knowing how then to direct your energies and, and correct, maybe make some corrections again, mm-hmm. and, and moving forward to finish out that career mm-hmm. and such. There's a lot of people who struggle to not only assess where they are in the moment, but even look back at where they've come from. Right. Um, how would you how would you help people to 
understand that, to kind of open their eyes and not just be so focused 10 yards down the road. <laughs> right. But how do they look at the inch that they're on right that moment? Well, I think what people fail to realize, and you look at business owners, and you both are yourself mm -hmm. are business owners and such, you know, you invest in equipment, you invest in a lot of other elements of technology, as we've talked about already. Mm -hmm. But individuals fail to realize that even if they're not a business owner, they really are, because their personal life is a business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to have that element, so next time you're thinking through, do I buy that new suit for my business wardrobe? Mm -hmm. Do I buy that new computer? Do I invest in myself taking a class or being able to right. advance myself? Not so much you're going to be a business owner, but that you're going to maybe earn higher capacity in, in a wage and look at it from that standpoint in investing in yourself. Mm. And then that helps guide and direct accordingly. So kind of assuming that you really have not arrived yet. That, that is correct. <laughs> and you're not going to succeed with the skills and resources that you have at the moment. You need to invest in yourself to be able yes. to. Okay. Whatever that may be. I like that. And such. I like that. That's good. Well, Dave, last question for you. Okay, please. All right. So you have poured into the south side of Indianapolis for your entire career, sounds like, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you're doing things to help other business owners connect now, and you've been really yeah. pouring into this legacy that you want to leave. What is your hope for the South Side in the next 5, 10, 15 years? What would you love to see happen in our community? Well, I think the key is that we have to realize we're living in, a, in, a, in almost an unprecedented opportunity. You're seeing growth from a population standpoint, from a corporate standpoint. Mm -hmm. You look right down the road here at Interstate 69 going in and 37, as, it's getting, as it looks to be completed here soon. Mm -hmm. You really have this opportunity to do it correct only one time, to be correct in how you do it. But to strategically look at each of us as individuals, each of us as a community, to say, how can we capture this moment and do it right and put more thought into it than just kind of being flippant in how we go about mm -hmm. growing and, and, and such in the community mm -hmm. and do it with intention and do it with purpose and give us give some thoughtfulness to it. Okay. That's good. That's really good. That is good. Dave, I, I am so thankful that you showed and came by today. Yeah. Uh, even <clears throat> I hope you feel better. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I apologize. No, you're fine. I just, I'm ecstatic that you're here. I mean, I love your heart. I, you and I've had several conversations yeah. and I look forward to having more as well. But, you know, thanks for coming on and sharing your heart with everybody else because well, thank you. Um, I, I love the fact that uh, we got to, you got to voice that with us well, so we could share it with other people who might be listening. Well, thank you. And I think you know me, both know me in mm -hmm. different degrees, probably or different, but I want to connect people. Yeah. People need to know each other and to be able to understand their struggles, their strengths, mm -hmm. and how can we work together to overcome those. Speaking right. of that, is there a way that people can get a hold of you for a spot, you know, for with Aspire and stuff like that, that yeah. you're, you can reach out and touch, you talk to them? Yeah. I mean, feel free to give me a call. My, you know, if you want me to give yeah, myself, go for it. 317-445-3621. I mean, that's my cell number. Reach out to me and okay. I would love to talk to whomever, just not only Aspire, but just about life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, thanks for your wisdom and thanks for cool. sharing it with us today. Well, thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Okay, thank you. Jump on to leadingisserving.com. Leave us a rating or a review. Um, send us a voicemail. Yeah. You know, let us know um, who else you'd love to hear interviews from here in the community. Let us know you're listening. Sounds good. Y'all have a great day. With. Thanks, Dave. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye.